Good day, everybody. <laughs> so, uh, today, our message is entitled Guidance. Guidance. Uh, guidance is very important in anything that we do. Without it, uh, we have a hard time figuring out what to do with our lives, what to do in a new job. Guidance is so important when it comes to everyday life. And that's kind of what we'll be talking about today is not just any kind of guidance, but guidance that comes from the Holy Spirit. Um, and this isn't anything that is hyper-mystical. <laughs> there can be a little bit of um, mysticalness <laughs> to, to all this, but um, it's very grounded in God's Word. And how are we to be led? How are we to be guided in this life? And it starts off with, the system of prayer. Without the system of prayer, it's really hard to know how God is desiring to lead us, right? Well, prayer is very scientific. Uh, if you look at some studies that have been done, um, they said that those who have a prayer life tend to be better with concentrating. Um, and there are some studies that it really helps form or reform your brain, where you have peace that comes from prayer, and that impacts your stress levels, that impacts, therefore, your health. So it's like a total inside-out type of transformation when we have prayer that's not just any kind of prayer, but a prayer that's founded in this gospel that we've been given. So... <clears throat> yes, prayer can change and reform our brains. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? But it also has spiritual implications as well, that we have a father that cares. Uh, not like our earthly fathers. You know, I'm a father as well, and the best that we can do is our best. <laughs> and sometimes our best isn't quite what our kids may need all the time. Um, but... God the Father, he knows exactly. He knows accurately what we need. And so he's our Heavenly Father. And what is given isn't just because scientists say so, but this is a very biblical thing when it comes to being guided by the Holy Spirit. And it's not just biblically knowing the Bible, but it's really knowing the gospel, the Pharisees, they prayed a lot. <laughs> and the Pharisees, they like were ones who really killed many people from the inside out. Because the one thing that they were missing was this. They are missing God's heart. They knew so much knowledge, but they lost the heart of God for the people around them to the point where they were actually hurting people from the inside out instead of saving people. This is what we call evangelism, is life movement. It's the opposite of what the Pharisees had done. It's what Jesus was trying to show to the people that it is life that people needs, life that this world needs. One of the disturbing news of, as of late but something that I've talked about even on the pulpit was a big problem that the world is facing today, and that's loneliness. 
It's so bad in New York City that they've established an ambassador of loneliness, uh, Dr. Ruth. She's supposedly the, the sex ex expert, and she was appointed as an ambassador for loneliness. And I'm just like, what is going on? How bad is the United States, the condition and the mental state of people that people are commissioning like a department of loneliness. And it's not just in the United States, it's also in the UK, it's becoming global. And we really have to understand what we have in Christ so that we can establish a system where we can be a place, a community where people can find what they're missing. This relationship with God and this community as well. And so we need guidance. And we're called to be a guidepost. But first of all, we need to pay attention to the guidepost that God has given us through the Holy Spirit. And guideposts are very important because it shows us where there's danger. It shows us directions or where to go. And if we ignore them, it could be very dangerous, right? And so through the Holy Spirit, we receive guidance. But as we receive guidance and answers, we too become a guidepost to the world so that they too can find these answers, that they don't have to be stuck in sin and loneliness. They don't have to be stuck in their current circumstance. And so how do we establish this guidance of the Holy Spirit? We need to know our background in Jesus Christ. When we receive Christ, Christ into our hearts, we have this background of Calvary, where Jesus came as the prophet, priest, and king. He came as the one who made the way for us where there was no way to God. He died upon the cross to pay for sins that we couldn't pay for on our own. And he's the king of kings who has conquered Satan. You don't have to buy the lies anymore. When we pray, we pray with this background that it has been finished. That's what Jesus said on the cross in John 19.30. It is finished. Our sin has been finished. Our problems have been finished because he is our foundation. We have been given this background of the kingdom of God. Acts 1-3, after Jesus resurrected, for 40 days, Jesus spent time with the disciples, teaching about the things concerning the kingdom of God. And what we see after Acts chapter 1, we see the workings of the Holy Spirit transforming all of Rome. Through one message, 3,000 people came to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And then the early church began. I mean, wouldn't that be crazy? Just through one, one message, <laughs> 3,000 people coming to church, it could be kind of crazy, right? Um, but this is all according to God's timing, right? 
and we see the works of the Holy Spirit take place. And these are the works that took place because of prayer that took place in Mark's upper room. One of the disciples, they gathered in his attic, praying together with one heart, holding on to their background of Christ, the kingdom of God. And they saw the works of the Holy Spirit take place. Like I said, 3,000 people came to accept Christ. 15 nations happened to be gathered in that place. So 15 countries were impacted right off the bat. Like, this is crazy. These are works that we can't do on our own, but works that come from our background. We have to understand that the early church, they were not big. They're small. It was a small gathering. But one thing that wasn't missing was God's heart. And that's what God honors. And we see this with our next point. When we look at reality, reality sucks. (laughs) Reality is tough, right? Even with the early church, they faced a lot of persecution. This is a, a, a picture depicting uh, the martyrdom of Stephen or Stephen. depends on your pronunciation of his name. <clears throat> and he was proclaiming the gospel and he was killed for his faith. And after this, the church scattered. They, went, they ran away. But God's plan was hidden even in in, in the midst of persecution where the Antioch church was established. The the Antioch church is very interesting because it was a church that knew God's heart. First of all, yes, there were people that were persecuted that ran, that gathered together. But this church was a a missionary sending church. It was the one to send the first missionaries. And not only that, they had ministry that was focused on all nations, not just the Jews. It was for the Jews and the Gentiles. And God blessed this church so much that when the Jerusalem church was struggling, Antioch church was so blessed that they provided everything that was needed to the Jerusalem church. That's how much God blesses the, heart, the church with God's heart, even in the midst of persecution. And we see through this, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, where the first missionaries were sent, Paul and Barnabas. They were prayed for, um, and they were blessed to fulfill their, their uh, mission journey. And they did an awesome job to raise up new churches, to find believers, to proclaim the gospel in different fields where so many uh, Jews were under the, uh, under the hands of the Pharisees. They were living this religious life, not knowing God's heart at all. And so they were sharing this good news to all these fields, to all these cities. And there are times where doors were closed. Even in our own lives, there are, there are times where, why isn't anything happening? <laughs> why, why am I stuck all the time? Well, in Christ, there are no dead ends. 
But we have to find then the door that is open. But a lot of times we're very stubborn. <laughs> and what do we do? We're like, if it's not this door, then I'm going to die, you know? <laughs> and we pour out so much time, energy, everything without being able to budge. But what we see, even with this missionary journey that Paul and Barnabas went on to, they, they ran into a dead end. But I said there's no dead ends, right, in Christ. They're trying to go into Asia, but every path that they tried to go into Asia with, they were stopped. And they're having a hard time trying to figure out why. But as they prayed, that night God gave Paul a dream to go to Macedonia. And this is uh, what we call the Macedonian call. And uh, he went there, and the works of God took place, where the church in Ephesus and all these other churches that, uh, that weren't there was able to be established. This is the reality that we live in. We live in a reality full of hardships, persecution at times, times where we're lost or it feels like the doors are closed. And even in the midst of this kind of reality, God has answers for us. It's just that we don't pray when it comes to these type of issues. We pray when we're at church. We pray when, you know, we want to bless somebody. But when things get very, very tough, sometimes it's really hard to pray. Or if we do pray, it's God, make it stop, you know? <laughs> but more than God, make it stop, you know, keep praying that prayer, definitely. But God, what's your plan? It's so important for us to realize. When we look at our third point, God wants to bless us, not just for the sake of us getting over our persecution or a hardship, but there's a goal. And that goal is for the nations. Paul makes this confession because God called him to go to Rome, to proclaim the gospel to Caesar. And so he makes that confession, I must see Rome. When it comes to the gospel, it's really tricky nowadays because at the workplace, they say, you know, you don't discuss religion and all that stuff. And so people take it one step further to not even enjoy Jesus at work themselves personally. And this is a problem, right? That we're not even connecting with Christ in our day-to-day, -day. so then how can we then recognize when or how he's speaking to us? It's like, how can you have a close relationship with somebody if you don't talk to them at all? You can't. For someone to say, oh, I know Jesus so well, and they don't pray, they're lying. They don't know Christ. Because prayer is part of building this relationship with Jesus. If there's no prayer, then you're not after Jesus. You're after something else. 
We really need to restore true prayer. Not in a, you know, like, oh, you know, Pastor Dan is forcing me to pray. <laughs> don't, don't, don't take it like that today. But rather, if you really want to know who Christ is and really want to know his guidance for your life, right, through the Holy Spirit, we, gotta, we have to begin praying. Even in the workplace, begin prayer. I'm not saying go preach to all the people and, oh, get in trouble by your work. No. Enjoy Christ on your own first. Doors and opportunities to share, God will provide in time. It's not something that you need to force. It's something that God will guide you with. It's just we need to turn to him. And sometimes God gives you wisdom to think of something to do or gives you opportunities to find the why, the why of why you're there, why you're working at your current job. There's a reason that goes beyond just a salary. I remember when I first went to uh, evangelize on, on campus or evangelize in general, um, I came to a point where I was like, why are we doing this? Because a lot of the people that we were meeting happened to be Christians. So I'm like, God, why, why are we doing this? And after I kind of prayed that very, you know, open prayer to God, um, the very first person that I met that day as we were in uh, a college campus, I was like, hey, hey, man, like, do you have a moment? Love to share this message with you. And he was like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So I was like, oh, cool. Um, do you happen to go to church? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, cool. What, what church you go to? And he was like, something, something, Presbyterian Church. And I was like, oh, awesome. I know this is kind of silly, but have you heard of the gospel? And he said, no. <laughs> I was like, what? Huh? Uh, so I was so like st stunned by that response that I had to ask again. I was like, so you've never heard of the gospel before? He was like, uh, no. And he was being honest. He wasn't trying to pull my leg. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, let me share this message with you. So I shared the gospel with them, explaining who Jesus, who Jesus is, where our condition is, and why we need Christ. And we prayed to receive Christ into our hearts together. And... As I was leaving, he turns around and he thanks me. He was like, yeah, thank you. I, I really needed that today. I'm like, oh, you're welcome. And my response was like this because I was like, what is going on? Like he goes to church and he, he's been there for many years. Like what's going on? And God showed me the reason why why I'm on a college campus or why I meet the people that I meet is to restore what the gospel actually is because the church is forgetting. Many churches are forgetting. 
and they're becoming like a second citizen version of a community center, you know? <laughs> Sad to say. If we lose the gospel, our, our, the church has no, there's no difference between us and a community center. And community centers get funding, you know, <laughs> and they, they have nicer facilities and all that stuff. But what God has gifted us with as a church is the gospel. And thankfully, we have, you know, a great facility and beautiful nature around us as well. And we have a unique opportunity. So this is where our goal needs to begin. Right where you are, right where you're working, right? Whether you are working from home, whether you're working in an office, whether you're working in, you know, uh, customer service or people-to-people interaction, a lot of people-to-people interaction, start where you are. You don't have to have a megaphone and scream Jesus. You don't have to have all the arguments lined up so that you know how to argue with every kind of questioning Start with where you are and enjoy Christ. Start with remembering today's message even that you are given the Holy Spirit. He is your counselor. He is going to guide you. As you pray, you you start to change from your brain to your physical well-being. So our conclusion here today is pray, right? And we'll begin to see the workings of the Holy Spirit. And we have to understand that God, he is building us towards being a guidepost to the world. The world is falling apart right now. So many people not knowing an answer to loneliness. They're they're creating positions, ambassador of loneliness, Look it up. It's, it's a real thing. New York City. They created this ambassador of loneliness position. And it's a paid position, I guess. Yeah. But it's a serious problem that the world is going through. And we have to understand, we have a unique, unique situation here at our church. Yes, we are a few, but that's not what's important. Do we know God's heart? Are we enjoying God's heart for even our own lives personally? Because as we build that, then, yes, the answers will come. For the early church, it was instant. One day, 3,000 people (laughs) just joining the church. For us, hopefully, it's a little bit more, you know, a little bit (laughs) trickle-in type of thing. 3,000 at one time is a logistical nightmare. <laughs> but the early church was able to handle it by God's grace. And if that's the case for us too, then I'm pretty sure that God will give us grace as well. But it begins with prayer. We need guidance of the Holy Spirit. Without it, we're just kind of on our own and trying to figure out things on our own. And when things don't go the, according to plan, we get disheartened and then we're, you know, we think of all the other options that the world gives to us. And that's it. 
the early church, they were able to see the world. Not because they had all the resources or the people or because they held on to God's promise. Let me read verse 26 and 27 one more time before uh, I end here today. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Amen. Holding on to today's message, let us really hold on to our background and see God's plan in the midst of our reality to see the true goal to impact the world that is around us. 